Welcome to Beyond the Benediction. This podcast is created for the exploration of the Bible, the examination of the church, and the expectation of the Christian life. We will cover topics that will both challenge and encourage you and help us to live lives dedicated to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's your host, Kevin Toomer. This is Beyond the Benediction. So glad to have you with me once again. We're going to dig right in to this week's episode. What's your motivation? Motivation. What are you motivated to do in your life? Motivation comes in many forms and for many things, for many different reasons. Sometimes you may join a gym because you're motivated to lose weight. You may Go to school and get a degree because you're motivated to have a better lifestyle. You're motivated to try something different because you're bored with your current state of where you are. So motivation can be a powerful thing. But when it comes to being a Christian, what is our motivation? What keeps a Christian going? What keeps us as believers, as followers of Christ What keeps us motivated to continue to serve, to continue to wear that badge or that mantle that says, I'm a follower of Christ? And let's look at the current state of the world where being a Christian is not a popular thing. Being a Christian is not something that's necessarily celebrated. Now, within church circles, within Christian circles, I'm sure you you have fellowship and you have people that celebrate you because you're amongst others who have a similar belief. But once you and I step out of our houses and we go out into the world, the world is not celebratory of Christians. As a matter of fact, it's actually antagonistic towards Christians. And think about what motivated you to even become a Christian in the first place. I'm sure everyone's road to become a Christian is different, but ultimately we came to the conclusion that we needed Jesus Christ, that we realized that we were sinners and that salvation only came through Jesus Christ. Maybe you came because you were lonely and you felt like the world was cold and you wanted the love of Christ. Maybe you came to Christ because you met someone who had the love of Christ or had the light of Christ in their lives and they shined so brightly that you were like, I want that. (laughs) I want what that person has. They they have that demeanor and this disposition that's so wonderful that it's contagious and I want what they have. Or it could be maybe you just were raised in the church and maybe your parents went to church and church was what you did and it was part of your lifestyle. So in, in essence, Christianity was who you were and deeply entrenched in your family. So you really didn't have a choice in the matter. You were going to be a Christian, whether you wanted to or not. Well, beyond just making that decision, what motivates you and I to continue to serve, to continue to live as a Christian, despite the struggles that we face in the world? Because Jesus made it clear, in this life you will have tribulation. All through scripture, when you look at the prophets and you look at the apostles as they went around and shared the gospel, they were met with hostility and to the point where the apostles died uh, as a result of them trying to share the faith. So this Christian journey is going to be filled with perils. It's going to be filled with pitfalls. Now, God also promised us that he would be with us. They would never leave us nor forsake us. But there will be difficulty. There will be isolation. There will be moments where people will misunderstand you. There will be moments where people will wrongly accuse you. 
again, being a Christian is not popular. Being a Christian does not necessarily mean you're going to be well-liked, well-received. So what I want to do in this particular episode is give us as Christians a little bit of shot in the arm to why we should continue to operate, to live, to believe, to serve, to have faith in our Christian walk and our Christian belief system. I want to give us three specific things to give us a reason why we should be motivated to live for Christ. The first reason why we should stay motivated to live and operate as Christians is that we should be motivated by the love of God. Let me give you a scripture. Psalm 86, verse 15. And it says, But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So we see in the scripture that God's love is so amazing that that in itself is a reason why we should stay motivated. And keep in mind that God's love for us has nothing to do with our love for him. That his love is so awesome and so genuine and so selfless. And look what the scripture says in Psalm 86. It says that God is not only compassionate, but he's gracious and slow to anger. That part is very important because God has a real right to be angry with all of us. Because as Christians, we should be angry, not with the righteous anger, mind you, of the state of the world. We should be angry at the fact that people, as the scripture says, call good evil and call evil good. That should be something we're angry about. Now, if we, in our finite, fickle, sinful minds, are angry about the state of the world, how do you think God feels when he looks down at his creation? The one he created to worship him and to do his will, but by him giving us free will, we've decided to go the other route. But it says here he's slow to anger. Just thinking in the course of a day, how many times we've done something or said something or thought something that's a direct affront to God, but he still holds back the punishment that we rightly deserve. That he still shows us mercy and he shows us grace. As a matter of fact, you can listen to my previous podcast a couple of weeks ago about the amazing grace of God. It really digs into how wonderful and how gracious God is. But the scripture says here, he's slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So his love for us is so wonderful and his faithfulness is so great that even when we're not faithful to him, he remains faithful to us. If we're really honest, there are people that we no longer associate with because they did something to us. They turned their back on us. They didn't come through like they said they would, and we've totally cut them off. But God, no matter how many times we've turned a blind eye, I've turned our backs on him, disobeyed him, disrespected him, disregarded him, he still loves us. And his love is not something that we deserve or something that we earn, but yet and still is something that he still offers to us. Here's another scripture, Ephesians chapter one, starting with verse four. It says, even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided, I like this verse right here. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself in Christ Jesus. This is what, what he wanted to do, and it gave him 
great pleasure. Now, look at verse 5. That's so awesome. It said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to him through Jesus Christ. Now, remember, God knows everything. There is no time restraints or time limits with God. He knows the beginning from the end and everything in between. So when God chose to adopt you and I to his family, he knew how messed up we were. He knew how messed up we would be. He knew how many times we would mess up. He knew how many times we would be disrespectful and disobedient. But yet he still chose in advance to adopt us into his family. And it says he wanted to do it and it gave him pleasure. Who would not want to serve a God with that kind of love? That kind of love surpasses any love you and I will ever experience here on earth. Because the love that we can have from a person, if we're really honest, for the most part, will have conditions. It will have a certain point where a person will love you up until a certain point. Someone right now is dealing with a heartbreak or a heartache because someone didn't love them the way they promised. Or they didn't live up to the hype or live up to the things that they sold you when they said they would love you, they would cherish you, they would never leave your side. And yet and still you find yourself alone and isolated and hurt. But God is not that kind of person that would do us that same way. His love is not conditional or based on how we even reciprocate or return his love. That's why his love is so amazing. So if nothing else, family, we should be motivated to serve a God whose love is not determined by our love for him. It's not determined by our performance. It's not determined by our behavior. It's determined by the fact, as the scripture says, God himself is love. So because he loves us so dearly and so resolutely and without condition, that that should motivate us to serve him. I'm going to give you another script. This is a, I usually do two for each point. I'm going to give you a bonus scripture for this one. Romans chapter 8, verse 30 and 39. This is a, a very famous scripture. And uh, the context is a little bit different, but I think that I just like the point that it makes. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, this scripture, of course, is Paul talking to the Roman church, talking about the love of God will not be separated from us because we belong to Christ. So it does fit this particular episode in the sense that God is setting the parameters that there are no parameters, that his love won't have any bounds. His love will not have any opposition. His love will not have anyone that can stand in the way. His love is so resolute and so powerful and so effective and so heartfelt that there's nothing, as the scripture says, that will separate us from the love of God. So that right there should not only be enough for us to be motivated to love God, but it should also motivate us to share the word of God. We're going to talk about that a little bit later in this episode. So the next thing we want to have to stay motivated to continue to worship or continue to be the Christian people that God has called us to be is that we should be motivated by the salvation of God. That the very fact that we will have an opportunity to spend eternity with God, that in itself should motivate us. 
And the fact that we won't end up spending eternity apart from God should be enough to motivate us. Because the Bible makes it clear that our sinful nature and our sinful habits are punishable by death. Y'all believe me? <laughs> Here's the scripture. Romans chapter 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Now, that's just part of the scripture, but I want to kind of tackle the first part of that scripture. The wages, the payment of sin is death. We don't talk about the payment or the cost of sin very often. And you don't really hear it talked about often in church. But every time you and I sin, the payment that is due for that sin is death. You and I like to categorize and say, well, it's not as big of a sin. If I just lied, it's not as big as stealing. If I just stole, it's not as big as killing. We like to categorize sins. But the scripture here makes it clear that the smallest sin in our eyes still earns death in God's eyes because his standard is perfection. His holiness is so amazing that it's impossible for us to fully meet it on our own, which is why we need a savior, which is why the salvation of God should motivate us. Because now let's go to the second part of the scripture in Romans 6, 23 says for the wage of sin is death, but here's the second part, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So look at what they're saying that even though the payment we deserve is death, a free gift from God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus. That right there should be some tremendous motivation. That not only are we exonerated from the payment we owe, but God has given us a free gift that we can never earn or deserve. You can be exonerated from a punishment and not necessarily rewarded. Those two things are not the same. Someone could go to prison or get accused for a crime and go to trial and get exonerated, but they're not rewarded. But in this case, look how awesome God is. Not only are we being paroled, so to speak, or exonerated from the crimes, but we are also going to get rewarded by spending eternity in paradise with God. That right there should motivate us more than anything else to know that little old you and I, as messed up, as sinful, as crooked, and as vindictive and as sinful as we are, we still have an opportunity to be cleared of all charges and be rewarded and to be with God in heaven. That's amazing when you consider that he can save us from the penalty that we rightly deserve. One more scripture, John chapter 5, verse 24. And it says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. So the salvation of God lets us see here that those who believe in him will have everlasting life. Avoid, as it says here in the scripture, the judgment that should come from our sins that we deserve and pass from death into life. The life that we live on this planet, no matter how wonderful it may be, no matter how extravagant it may seem to some people, some people may have uh, extravagant lifestyles. They seem to have a lot of fun. They take a lot of trips. They have a lot of clothes, nice cars, things of that nature. Nothing on this side of heaven will, will compare to the greatness and the wonder that we'll see and experience in God's presence for eternity. 
because the greatest thing that we're going to have in heaven is Jesus himself. The fact that we're going to be in his presence, to see him face to face, that's the greatest thing because heaven wouldn't be heaven if God wasn't there. What makes heaven heaven is not the idea of just the streets of gold, not just the idea of avoiding you know, punishment, which all those things are great. But the fact that we will be in the presence of God for eternity, that right there should provide tremendous motivation for anyone that's a Christian, especially when you look out into the world and see so many people who are lost, who don't seem to have any hope, who seem like their lives are just one big daily consistent fog that just reverberates and renews and rewinds over and over. But you and I, our hope and our motivation lets us see that I can continue to go on. Even when I have a bad day, even when someone mistreats me, when I think about the fact that God has a place in heaven reserved for me, even though by my own admission, I don't deserve it. That in itself should be some serious motivation to continue to serve. Again, who would not want to serve and be motivated to serve a God who provides something so wonderful? The last point for this week's episode on what's our motivation is that we should be motivated to do the work of God. Now, this really falls in line with the first two points of this week's episode. Because if you consider the wonderful love of God, just how his love is there for us, it keeps us, protects us, provides for us. Then you look at the motivation by the salvation of God, that despite our best efforts, we fall short, that we've pretty much disobeyed God, disrespected God, and yet he still, if we receive Jesus Christ, has a place in heaven for us. Because he loves us and because he saved us, we should be motivated to serve him. Let me give you a scripture. 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. One of the things as Christians we need to understand, and I think this is such an awesome point, is that once we get past the love of God, and once we get past the fact that God has saved us, we don't stop there. As Christians, we're not called to just sit back and wait for the return of Christ. Because God has been so good to us, because God has saved us, that should give us some motivation to want to serve, to want to go out, to read the scriptures, to pray, to study the word, to develop a relationship with God. And as the scripture says here, does not need to be ashamed correctly handling the word of truth. Now, I, I like, I find that word choice very interesting that Paul in his letter to Timothy says that you should not be ashamed. Now, to me, that shame comes in two forms, that you should be not ashamed of the fact that you are a Christian. And especially in 2021, when Christianity is frowned upon, that you should not be ashamed to call yourself a Christian. The scripture says, Jesus says, those who are ashamed of me before man, I will be ashamed of you before my father. So as Christians, we got to be bold enough to proclaim that we are Christians, regardless of the environment, regardless of the circumstance. And this is the scary part, regardless of the possible consequences or retribution 
we may get for standing for Christ. We need to stand and not be ashamed. But it also means to not be ashamed that we can accurately handle the word of truth. If you've been a Christian for a significant amount of time, there's a significant amount of knowledge you should have about the Bible. You should not be a novice when it comes to knowing scripture. If you've been a Christian for a certain amount of time, if you are new to the faith, if you've just become a Christian, if you just receive Christ, then of course there's a learning curve. Of course there's lessons you must acquire. But if you've been saved for 20 years and the only time you open your Bible is when the pastor tells you to open it, if you don't have time that you've reserved to study the scriptures so you can accurately, as the scripture says, handle the word of truth. So that way you won't be ashamed when someone asks you, as another scripture says, to provide a defense for what you believe. Maybe that's why people don't like to claim Christ because they haven't studied the word of Christ. It's really hard to stand on the word if you haven't been reading it. And speaking of standing on the word and speaking of sharing it, here's another scripture for this week's episode before we wrap up. Very famous scripture, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them, being the disciples. It said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So Jesus is making it clear that we as Christians have been called to go out and make disciples. We have been called to evangelize. So you see why in 2 Timothy, we need to be able to accurately handle the word of truth so we can share the word of truth. Like, like we're saying here in this point, because God has been so good to us on a regular basis, and because God has saved us from our sins, we should be motivated to go out and share the gospel. Because God is so good to us, we should be motivated to share that goodness, and we should want to see other people experience the same goodness. One of the real barometers that a person belongs to Christ is their desire to see someone else come to Christ. Our motivation to share the word of God should be so deep and so intense that we're actually looking for opportunities to share the word of God. Our motivation to do God's will should come from the fact that, that God has already done so much for us, that God has already been so wonderful to us. So because we have been receiving so much from God, we should be motivated to do as much as we can for God. And that includes telling so many people. Just think about something in your life that you experienced that's really, really great, really, really wonderful. And you couldn't wait to run and tell someone about it because you were thinking, my goodness, this was such a great experience. Maybe it was a restaurant. Maybe you went to a concert, some kind of experience. And you couldn't wait to go and tell someone you because your experience was so great. You were motivated to tell someone as Christians, we need to have more motivation because the things that we've experienced with God are far more rewarding than just a restaurant far more rewarding than just a concert or just a momentary experience. We experience the love of God, the salvation of God, 
so we should be motivated because he's been so wonderful to do the work of God and not just how we live, but the fact that how we share, that there's a burning, intense desire to do God's work, to do God's will and to serve and to inform and share with God's people. So that's what we have for this week's episode that I hope we stay motivated because God loves us. Because God has saved us, we should be motivated to serve God. It's a wonderful thing to know that God has chosen you and I, that because of all the people he could have chosen and all the people he could use, he chose you and I for a specific time, a specific place to do a specific task. That right there, that God himself, the creator of the universe, chose you and I to not only rescue us from our sins, but to use us to bring others to Christ. That is such an honor to be chosen by God. So if if no other reason, the fact that God chose you should give you all the motivation you should ever need. I thank you so much for listening, and I pray that you continue to support the podcast. And as always, make sure your light shines brightest for the Lord Jesus Christ beyond the benediction.